Hey Prodigal, welcome to our end of summer Sunday. We've got an exciting service planned and after service, make sure you stick around. We've got a taco truck and water slides for the kiddos. It's gonna be an awesome day. I've got a couple of announcements for you guys today, so pull out your calendars. We have some exciting things ahead. First off, we've got small groups starting soon. Signups will begin in a couple weeks, but we are still looking for two small group hosts or leaders. So if you're interested in signing up, you can talk to any of the staff or you can send us an email at prodigalchurchfresno at gmail.com. We are so excited for small groups this session. We encourage you all to sign up. This next announcement is for the ladies. Coming up on September 10th, we have our next women's event. It's gonna be at 5 p.m. right here at Bullard. This year, we're partnering with Fresno Rescue Mission to help our neighbors in need. You can find a list of donations needed prior to the event on our app, our website. There's also an Amazon wish list, or you can grab a hard copy on your way out of service today. Coming up on September 17th, Prodigal Turn 6. We had so much fun roller skating at our fifth birthday. This year, the party is right here at Bullard. We've got an awesome service planned. It's gonna be a great time. We can't wait to celebrate all that God has done at Prodigal over the last six years. We are so thankful for your continued support and generosity. If you would like to give to Prodigal Church, you could do so on our app, our website, or in the lobby on your way out, we have giving boxes and giving kiosks. Thanks again for your support. You may have received a serve card on your way into service today. Hold on to that, more details to come. But if you would like more information on what it looks like to serve here at Prodigal, check out the volunteer tab on our app, or you can talk to any of the staff. That's all the announcements from me today. Thank you so much for joining us at Prodigal Church. Have a great Sunday. The first 12 years of Sarah and I's marriage, we lived in a two-story house. And I don't know what it is about two-story houses, but when you are upstairs or when you're downstairs, like if you forgot something like a phone charger or whatever, the thought of going upstairs to get it or downstairs to get it, it's overwhelming. Like it might as well be on Mount Everest, okay? I'm never seeing that charger again. And our bedroom was upstairs. And Sarah and I were opposites, okay? I'm the old man who goes to bed early. And I, if I'm laying down and I close my eyes at all, I'm falling asleep, okay? Next thing I know, it's morning. And so I get under the covers. And the very moment I get under the covers, she would say, could you get me some water from downstairs? Now, I made a covenant with this woman, okay? I would lay my life down for her, but in those moments, under those covers, it takes a supernatural movement of God to make me travail the journey from upstairs to downstairs and back again. And as I accomplish this feat, because I do do it, I feel like Frodo Baggins on his journey to Mordor with the Ring of Power. Serving others is always inconvenient. And this is with the person that I've committed my life to. This is with the mother of my children. Serving others is always inconvenient. There's always something else we'd rather be doing. Today, on the last Sunday of August, as we end the summer and as we move towards fall, uh, we're going to ask something of you. Would you consider volunteering at Prodigal? Now, if you're watching or listening online, or you live 
somewhere nowhere near prodigal church in central california you're going to need to bridge this for your own context okay because the life of service above self goes well beyond the life of our local church so if you live far away from prodigal find a place where you can serve a soup kitchen a homeless shelter ymca another church in your area as christians our lives should be characterized by service above self by going to get water downstairs in 2 Kings 17, there are these people who are on this journey. Every time they go on this journey, lions attack them. Okay? Every time they set out to make it from point A to point B, the lions attack them and kill some of them within our party. So they go to God and they start praying for God to protect them from these lions. And God actually responds and they begin to receive protection from these attacks. And the Bible says something later on in the chapter about them that struck me. Second uh, Kings 17, 41, even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. You can worship God and serve idols at the same time. Uh, these people, they said, God, I want just enough of you to keep the lions away. I want just enough of you so there's not gonna be any more attacks, but I, I won't be committed to you. I wanna be connected to you, but I don't wanna be committed. And a lot of times that happens for us. It happens in the church. I want just enough God to keep the devil away. I want God's blessings. I want God's favor. And I'll do the bare minimum to make sure that the lions stay away. And like those in 2 Kings 17, we have a respect for God, but we don't have a love for God that moves us into service. We're connected, but we're not committed. A man was sitting down eating his breakfast. And he had bacon and eggs. And the question was posed, who made the greater sacrifice, the chicken or the pig? And the response was, well, the chicken was involved, but the pig was committed. Are you committed? We should be living committed lives. Now, I promise I'm not trying to guilt you. Uh, when our church started uh, six years ago, uh, we had nothing. We had to buy all the supplies necessary for our Sunday morning services, and we had nothing like this for online. We just basically just set up a cell phone and then streamed it live to Facebook, and that was our online services. In those first six months, all of our staff was on a first-name basis with all of our UPS and Amazon truck drivers, uh, and we were getting stuff all the time because we didn't know what to do. Uh, and I picked up a U-Haul one particular morning, and I was transferring stuff from our storage unit um, all the way back to Bullard High School, and I got an alert on my phone that we had received another package that was delivered to my house. And so I decided to go to the house real quick, pick up the package. Now, Sarah's home with the kids, and she doesn't know that I'm stopping by. And so I get the package from the front porch, and then I, I decide, you know what, I'm going to go inside and see them real fast. And so uh, I walk up the stairs. Remember, we had a two-story house back then. And she is in Dex's room holding our daughter, Ivy. And I'm kind of crouching so as not to alarm her. And I poke my head in the room. And Dex says, Daddy! And Sarah turns in the hallway and she screams so loud. Oh, God! And that's what, that's what Sarah says when, whenever she's really scared. It's, oh, God! Every time. Every time without fail. Now, I realize now that my crouching posture had good intentions but it had the opposite effect on my wife because I was kind of positioned like a home invader. And so I scared her and I go in the room and I hug the kids 
and I say, well, I gotta get back to work. And then I lean in to kiss Sarah on her cheek and she pulled away. You see, even though my crouching tiger, hidden dragon posture was unintentional, I was trying not to scare her, the damage was done. Often, well-meaning Christians have done the same. Though their intentions may have been good, their actions spoke louder than their intentions. And many of you have been scared away by people in church. You've been burned. And believe me, I've experienced plenty of these kinds of hurts over the years. I've seen church dysfunction, bad leadership, dictator-like leadership, hypocrites, gossip, meanness, self-righteousness at its worst. Any negative impression that you have ever had about Christians and the church, Sarah and I have seen and experienced it all. And I know that many of you come to Prodigal Church because you've experienced these hurts in other places by people who should have known better, people that should have been better. And you know that that's not what we're about. But you can't build a church on what you're against. You can't build a church on what we don't want to be like. You see, over the last 20 years serving in the church, we've also seen great beauty, great love, humble and gracious people who radiate the beauty of God, people who would live and die to be a blessing to others in the world, saints who have prayed, served, gave, and loved without regard to themselves. Prodigal church will not be a church that is built on what we're against. It will be built on what we're for. And today, for end of summer Sunday, we're asking for your help. Help us build what we're for. Help us be a church that loves everyone, not loves them with the goal of making them believe, but that loving them is the goal. A church where the love of Jesus in and through his followers transforms hearts and communities. A church where people don't judge those that don't fit their theological boxes. A church where questions are not feared, they're encouraged. A church that puts a preeminent place on caring for the down and outs, the hurting, the poor, and the suffering. A church that raises up the next generation in our communities and in our world. We are asking for your help to unlock Prodigal's potential in our city and in our world. And if you, uh, again, if, if you're just watching online, find a context where this applies to you. Now, here's one way where it really does connect to Prodigal. One way you can, if you live far away, is you can give to the mission at Prodigal. Uh, and you can do so online at Prodigal Church Fresno. We need you. Now, not long ago, I was at Panera in River Park and I was wearing a Prodigal t-shirt. Okay, this is most of my wardrobe nowadays. Uh, by the way, all of our previous Prodigal shirts are now on sale for only five bucks, and we're making room for a new merch coming in for our sixth birthday party in mid-September. So I'm wearing this Prodigal shirt, and I'm in line at Panera, and the worker says, oh, I love your shirt. That church is awesome. And I'm like trying to figure out how I know her. And she asks, do you go there? And so I immediately know that she doesn't go there, okay, right? And so I said, you know, I'm actually the lead pastor, and um, she tells me about someone in her church who brags about our church, has given her prodigal t-shirts, and she says, I love your church. And I thought that was great. She had never been to prodigal, but she loved our church because her friend loved our church, gave her a t-shirt, and invited her to come. 
How do you talk about prodigal? Or better yet, how do you move from talking about prodigal as the church you attend to prodigal being my church? We cannot create a healthy church on consumers alone. People who simply consume the mission of Prodigal Church rather than participating in the mission of Prodigal. If everyone that comes to Prodigal is here to get their needs met, who's supposed to meet all the needs? Now, I'm sure you can see where we're going here. We are encouraging you to serve, to be a greater part of Prodigal becoming the kind of place we're called to be. But here's the thing. This is not something that will grow the church. It'll grow you. You grow when you serve. How can you grow and how can you help? They have the same answer. They work together. Your personal growth towards Jesus helps us as a faith community thrive, and us thriving as a faith community enables you to grow. It's a win-win. Your growth is dependent on the health of our church, and the health of our church is dependent on your growth. In Matthew chapter 5-7, through 7, Jesus does the Sermon on the Mount. Okay, most famous sermon of all time, the best sermon of all time. And we did a series on it a few years back, and so after Jesus finished the sermon, he's very exhausted. He leaves the stage, Right after the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 8, verse 1, it says this, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. So he finishes this sermon on the mountainside, and the crowds won't leave him alone. And Jesus has compassion on him. Then Jesus walks to Capernaum. Okay? He's tired. In fact, in the very next chapter, we find Jesus sleeping in the bottom of a boat in the middle of a raging storm. Okay? He's that tired. He crashed. So he arrives at Peter's house in Capernaum. Verse 14. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. Okay, fever in Greek is not just 100.1 or 99.8, okay? In Greek, it's Peter's mother was literally on fire. Verse 15, he touched her hand and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. What? Let's read that again. He touched her hand, the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. Notice what Peter's mother-in-law does. She was on fire, burning up in her house, very sick. This woman who a few seconds ago was sick and in bed, she's been touched by Jesus, and moments later, she is now serving in the place where she was once sick. Did you catch it? In the place where God heals you, he will empower you to bring healing to another person. What I want us to hear is this. God wants to meet you in your fever. God wants to touch you, heal you, move you, so that you can then be healing touch to others. If we are to continue to grow as a church, if we are to be a greater force of love in our community, if all of our potential is to be unlocked and released into the world, we need you. And I really do believe this, that serving others is transformative for you. I've been in ministry for 25 years and I have heard countless faith stories, and almost all of them share a common thread. 
It'll be something like when I started serving in Sunday school, when I took that step of faith, when my faith became about others and not just me, when I poured out and I just didn't get poured into, when that happened, transformation occurred. There's a famous fable of a wise and kind king who had a narrow road leading into his city. And he wanted to see if anyone in his kingdom was as kind as he was. So he had his men put a rather large and heavy stone in the middle of the road to block it. Then he hid in the bushes so to see people's reactions on this unexpected roadblock. All day long, people passed back and forth, but nobody bothered to move it. They would just go around it, all the while cursing the king for allowing a stone to be there in the first place. Finally, late in the day, an old and poor farmer came by. He saw that this was in his way to the marketplace to sell his vegetables. When he got to the stone, he laid down his heavy load and began to move it. It took all of his strength and a good amount of time, but he finally got to move it to the side of the road so that others could go by unobstructed. He was very tired by then, so he sat down on the stone to catch his breath. And as he sat there, he saw that there had been a small purse underneath the stone. He picked it up and opened it and to find out who it perhaps belonged to. But all he found was a note, 50 pieces of silver. The note and the money said that it belonged to anyone who was kind enough to move the stone so that others could have a clear road. Because the farmer did what he knew he should do, without griping and muttering, he was handsomely rewarded by the king. There is a reward in doing something for the benefit of others. And it's not treasure or gifts or recognition, but a life of love, an example of sacrifice, a placing of others as of greater importance than oneself. You are modeling the greatest commandment, loving God and loving people. And you are modeling the heart of prodigal church, to love God and to love people. And we need everybody. As a church, we minister to hundreds every single weekend, in person and online. We literally can't do this without you. Uh, there's six of us on staff. Six. Okay. And we have all these needs. Some of our needs, youth ministry. If you're here in town, we, have, we took over 30-something people, uh, high school kids, up to the lake uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And we have one female leader that volunteers and then a bunch of guy leaders. We need more female leaders. If you'd like to serve in youth, you can do so. Nursery, we have all these little babies uh, crawling around or just there to be held. Um, we need your help. One-on-ones. Uh, any kid who has special needs, we devote one volunteer with them for the entire Sunday morning. This is a way to uh, not just bless the family of that child, not just to bless uh, the child themselves, but when you serve a special needs child and you're with them for an hour-long service, you're blessed. You're the one transformed. We need musicians. Do you play the bagpipes? Do you play the trumpet? Do you play the violin? 
Do you play the cello? Do you play the clarinet? Drums, guitar, singing? If you've got gifts in music, man, we want to see God use those. Uh, Audiovisual team, set up and tear down. Now, once again, if you don't live in Central California, find a place to volunteer, okay? You can't just say, well, this doesn't apply to me, so I don't get to, I don't have to apply this. When you serve others, you are showing the world the Jesus who came to serve, not to be served. And so here's the hard ask. Would you consider volunteering at Prodigal Church today? Pull out your phone. Uh, you can go to the Prodigal Church app or look at the volunteer tab on the website and fill out that little card. In person, we're going to be having some staff and volunteers answering any questions that you might have. Um, and as you volunteer, it will bless you and it will bless the church. And if you can't, if you're too busy, all good. No worries. Not a big deal. All good either way. These past six years at Prodigal Church have been the best six years of Sarah and I's life. And it's not even close. And it's because of you. We're so blown away by all that God has done these past six years. And we're so excited for what he's going to do in the next six months. And then in the next six years. And helping us build a church that is built on loving God and loving others. We pray God's peace, blessings on you as you continue to serve Jesus and show that service above self model that he himself showed us 2,000 years ago. Grace and peace.